Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Whitehall Sources is brought to you in association with The Resident, hotels where guests can expect a relaxed, warm and welcoming atmosphere. And you can get that from this podcast too, in fact. An exceptional experience awaits at The Resident's city centre locations and from this Whitehall Sources podcast, which starts now. Given the situation, I cannot deliver the mandate on which I was elected by the Conservative Party. I have therefore spoken to His Majesty the King to notify him that I am resigning as leader of the Conservative Party. Hello and welcome to Whitehall Sources on a historic and dramatic day for the United Kingdom. Liz Truss has resigned as Conservative leader and therefore is standing down as Prime Minister. I'm Callum MacDonald with Kirsty Buchanan, former advisor to Liz Truss when she was Secretary of State for Justice and Theresa May when she was Prime Minister. Also, Oscar Redrop, a Boris Johnson advisor. Today, in a last-minute emergency podcast, we have gathered to reflect on a momentous day for UK politics, for Liz Truss, for the Conservative Party and for you. Kirsty and Oscar have been at the coalface of this before with their respective Prime Ministers. We're going to hear their insight into what days like today are actually like for those who live them. That is the sort of insight we give you on Whitehall Sources. That is the sort of insight you will get today. Email your reaction. Liz Truss is gone. What does that mean to you? How has that changed your life? if it has email hello at whitehallsources.com to get in touch or of course you can find us on social media we're on twitter we're on instagram and we're on tiktok just search for whitehall sources and keep in touch as we go through the dramatic next few days goodness me it's thursday when we're supposed to publish one episode and here we are with a second just for you Welcome to Whitehall Sources. Stand by your emails. Get in touch. Hello at whitehallsources.com is the email address, and we will be glad to include you in the correspondence unit. 
when we do that on our next episode, which is due to be next Thursday, but your guess is as good as ours. Oh my days, well, I did not expect really to be speaking to you quite so soon once again. It's been a bit of a scramble today from start to finish for news reasons. Um, so Kirsty and Oscar and I have, have pulled together to try and just deliver a few thoughts really in the aftermath of today and try to understand the significance of it and do what this podcast does best, which is give you that insight from those who have lived it. You don't get that anywhere else. So thanks for finding Whitehall Sources. I'm going to start today, if that's all right, basically because I've just come back from Downing Street, where I spent the day reporting for Times Radio. That's my my day job. And today I arrived at Downing Street just after seven o'clock in the morning. It was cold, it was dark, it was raining, it was a bit miserable, to be honest. And it was one of those, though, where it was very peaceful and very calm, actually. The golden lights, you know those bar halogen lights that you get in like a primary school classroom? They were on in many of the windows of Downing Street, of number 10, number 11 of that building. And so the yellow glow was bursting out onto the street around us as reporters gathered and plugged in their kit and rustled their microphones and got ready to try to understand what the day was all about, really. Um, and at that point, it wasn't necessarily clear. First thing this morning, there was a feeling that last night, Wednesday night in the Commons had been such a shambles that actually there would be real questions to answer today. But it was unclear as to whether that would mean the resignation of the Prime Minister. Fast forward as the morning goes on, and resignation calls are amplified. They're getting louder. More Tory MPs going public, saying that Liz Truss should go. More Tory MPs sending in letters to Sir Graham Brady of the 1922 committee. It's funny, you know, because as I was walking along Whitehall to get to Downing Street, there were a few words. I always do this when I'm going to report for the radio. What are the words that this story, this day pivots around? The words I came up with, see if you agree, let me know. Authority, unity, misery, and mandate. Let me just talk through this. The authority of Liz Truss, where is it? Well, last night in the Commons, Wednesday night in the Commons suggests it's gone. It's evaporated. Unity something we've talked about before on the podcast, the factional nature of the Conservative Party and Liz Truss's apparent inability to unite, but also Conservative MPs' inability to unite with one another, to have that determination. Misery was one that struck me last night. Just the frustration, the, the end of the tether feeling from Conservative MPs at the mess that they have been in for several weeks now. And mandate was the last one because that has been a question that has swirled around Liz Truss for so long, and similarly will swirl around whoever now takes over. That's the thing. I think the turning point of the morning, and it did feel like there was momentum building as Tories broke ranks and as there was conversations about meetings happening around Westminster with different factions of different groups of the Conservative Party, but the real moment came at 11.40 when we learned that Sir Graham Brady had arrived at number 10 Downing Street. I was stood opposite the world's most famous door. You're familiar with it. You've seen it on the telly. You've seen it in pictures. Sir Graham Brady went in a back door. We only learned he'd been there because a photographer happened to be watching that back door and was able to inform everyone. Then Downing Street said, well, this was at the request of the Prime Minister. Now, I imagine that's true and that's fine. But the significance of Sir Graham Brady arriving meant that we were then on a trajectory towards significance. 
Then the Deputy Prime Minister, Therese Coffey, close friend and ally of Liz Truss, appeared as well. Then the Tory party chairman, Jake Berry, appeared just before one o'clock, about 10 to 1. About 10 past 1, we got word that there would be a statement at 1.30, and sure enough, Liz Truss emerged to resign. I came into office at a time of great economic and international instability. Families and businesses were worried about how to pay their bills. Putin's illegal war in Ukraine threatens the security of our whole continent. And our country has been held back for too long by low economic growth. I was elected by the Conservative Party with a mandate to change this. We delivered on energy bills and on cutting national insurance. And we set out a vision for a low tax, high growth economy that would take advantage of the freedoms of Brexit. I recognise though, given the situation, I cannot deliver the mandate on which I was elected by the Conservative Party. I have therefore spoken to His Majesty the King to notify him that I am resigning as leader of the Conservative Party. This morning I met the chairman of the 1922 committee, Sir Graham Brady. We've agreed that there will be a leadership election to be completed within the next week. This will ensure that we remain on a path to deliver our fiscal plans and maintain our country's economic stability and national security. I will remain as Prime Minister until a successor has been chosen. Thank you. And with that, she turned and headed straight back into number 10. In a moment on Whitehall Sources, the insider analysis from Kirsty and Oscar. But first, a very important message. We are so glad to be here and we are so grateful for our wonderful sponsor. Whitehall Sources is brought to you in association with Resident Hotels. Their fantastic team of resident insiders are waiting for you at their ideal city centre locations in London and Liverpool. The locations are hand-picked. Insiders are specifically trained to give you all the info you could possibly need for your stay, including secret tips and tricks of the local neighbourhood. They sound a bit like sources, you might say. It's magic moments galore during your stay. And by the way, TripAdvisor backs us up on this. The Resident Hotel Liverpool is number one. Covent Garden in London is number one. Kensington, Soho and Victoria in London are all in the top 30. Here's what Nicholas says in his review. We found our room very spacious. The Nespresso machine and mini fridge was a lifesaver as I really need my morning coffee with real milk to get going. The staff were very friendly and helpful. Sold. Click residenthotels.com to book your stay at one of the resident hotels, making Whitehall Sources possible. Well, let's catch up with Kirsty then, who, as well as working today, has been keeping in touch with her Whitehall sources, as well as being our Whitehall source. She, of course, has got Whitehall sources of her own. It has been a busy old day, so we're all at sixes and sevens in terms of where we're recording and when we're recording, but she very, very kindly <laughs> stepped out to give us a bit of an update. It was clear after the extraordinary scenes we witnessed in the House of Commons last night that uh, she was going to have to go and it was going to be today. Uh, I have never in all my years witnessed such a shameful display uh, in the division lobbies 
and uh, you know we had division lobbies during the dark days of Brexit, and it got you know a bit grim through some of those. But scenes of MPs in tears and threats and shouting and people quitting and unquitting. It was utter utter carnage and about as shameful as I think anybody that has worked in politics for a long time time has seen. So it was fair from this, you know, it was it was fair from this morning that she was not going to survive the day. Uh, look, I, you know, she came out and delivered a statement where, you know, she tried to uh, remind people about what she has achieved in her short term that she's been there. Uh, and that is, you know, perfectly fair and proper. My personal view right now is mostly I just feel incredibly sorry for her, relieved that it is over. Mm. It is the right thing that it is over. But I, you know, I've worked with Liz. I like the woman. Uh, she has made terrible, terrible blunders for which we, frankly, will be paying the cost for a long time to come. But uh, she has also paid a terrible, terrible price for it. And uh, it would just be inhuman right now not to just say, look, at the, in the middle of all of this is a woman who rightly or wrongly thought she could, you know, step up to the role um, and has been humiliated on not just a national but a global stage. Uh, and I've just mostly I feel relief and I feel really sorry for her. I totally get what you mean. Having stood there on the street and watched her emerge, do a very short statement, turn around and go back in, there is a huge part of you that observes that and thinks, gosh, well, there is no doubt of the humanity here, that this must have been just an awfully stressful few weeks. However determined you are and however resilient you are, when you are the Prime Minister and you have this intense scrutiny upon you for weeks and you seemingly just can't, can't get it together, I just, I, the humanity in this, did, I think, will not escape most people today. Well, I was surprised by how many people, you know, came to me after the, after the Downing Street statement to criticise her, to criticise her manner, to criticise the content of it. Someone said to me, I can't believe she's still trying to claim credit for X, Y, and Z. And I just think, well, you know, this is an utter, utter humiliation of a human being who is a wife and a mother mm-hmm. and, and is trying to, you know, trying to carve out a career for herself. She has made appalling, appalling blunders. She tried to course correct. She tried to get the right things in place to salvage her doomed premiership and get herself the breathing space that she needed to perhaps course correct but as we've said on the podcast before in trying to you know belatedly do the right thing you know you've just destabilized the other side of the ship Mm. so you know she you could feel you could almost feel a kind of thrashing around it can't go out like this uh, and ultimately it all just catches up with you and there was no way, there was just no way after those appalling scenes that we witnessed last night that she could have continued and that any of us should have allowed that to continue. What I now desperately hope is that, you know, the Conservative Party learns and doesn't repeat some of the lessons, but learns from some of these lessons to understand the importance of 
governing from the centre ground and to understand the importance of delivering, you know, a manifesto that people voted for in a way that people can accept. One of the things I was that we do on this podcast and that I'm sort of determined to, to understand today is if you when you think back to when you were with Theresa May in the in the tumultuous period that you were there, when when these days happen and you are in there and part of the operation, what does it feel like? All of us have had jobs, left jobs, perhaps some people have quit jobs, resigned from jobs, whatever. I just feel like it's probably quite different when you're in number 10. You've been working with a prime minister. You've been determined. I think that's one of the words I kept using today on the radio was, you could, you know, there was whatever you think of her policies, Liz Truss had this sense of determination that she was doing the right thing and she was going to crack on and do it. But as a staffer around her, what, what is today like? That is that is the other thing that I just wanted to sort of flag is, is you know, how, how sorry I feel for the staff and the advisors around her. These people are all very bright, very capable people who went in to do a job and to do it well and thought that they were doing the right thing by the country. You know, no one has gone in there for it to end up like this. You know, and these are young people with their entire careers ahead of them that will now struggle to, to, to break free of this. They will, by the way. Um, but this will cast a very long shadow on, on them and on their psyches and your you know, they'll go over if we'd only done X or Y, could have things have been different and they would torture themselves like that. You know, this too shall pass for them. They will move on from this. Liz will move on from this eventually. But, you know, mostly right now, this is a this is a moment of relief. It is exactly the right thing. The party 100% needed to do this. Uh, but also, let's just take time out for this. And when you're inside, you know, we had several weeks where we thought we were going to end up at the end of days, if you like. Um, you know, and it and it feels a little bit like, uh, I don't fish, but, you know, when you, I imagine when you catch a fish and you land a fish and it flaps around and if you're a nice, you're a nice fisherman, you put it back again, but if you want to eat it for your tea or whatever, it flaps around and fights for, for its own life and thrashes and thrashes and eventually it kind of accepts the inevitable. And, you know, and all is still. So it feels a little bit like that. You know, you work, maybe we do this, we try this strategy. If we can just get over the line, if we can do one more day and, and, and. And then eventually, you know, you know, it's up. You know, there will be tears there tonight. You know, these are very bonding jobs. People become friends for life. I still talk all the time to the people that I worked with at number 10. Um, you know, it becomes very bonding. And yeah, some people will be angry. Some people will, you know, look to blame. Mm. But most people will just be very, very sad tonight. And you've got to feel for them. In the last little while, we have understood a little bit more about what the process will involve from here on out. It is, of course, an accelerated, speedy process. Um, by next Friday, we, at the latest, I should say, we will know who the next Conservative leader and therefore Prime Minister is. There's a chance that the process whittles it down so quickly that we'll know on Monday, actually, in, the, in terms of how this shakes out. There are many, many names doing the rounds. Rishi Sunak, Penny Mordaunt, Boris Johnson floating around in there as well. Brandon Lewis was being mentioned at one point this afternoon. Uh, 
I, where do we go from here? These A lot of these people we're familiar with. They are high profile. They ran to be the leader only a couple of months ago. Um, I just wonder how this works in terms of stabilising the Conservative Party as well. Um, uh, I assume that, you know, Sir Graham Brady, the chairman of the 22 committee, who will be uh, masterminding the process, will set the nomination bar extremely high. Mm. Uh, so that you need, you know, maybe perhaps 80, 100 plus MPs to, to, to make a runoff. Uh, we cannot have a situation again where we've got Uncle Tom Cobbley and all uh, fighting round after round after round uh, to get to the get to the final two. Uh, I think that's important. I also think it is incredibly important for MPs to remind themselves about how and why we got into this position in the first place. And the reason we got into this position at the first place was because the behaviour of the previous Prime Minister had broken faith, if you like, with, with the public, had broken the covenant, the tenant of values with the public, to the point where his own party viewed him to now no longer be an electoral asset. And his relationship with the party had always been transactional. He was always there by dint of being a vote winner. Now, that relationship broke down, you know, when the revelations of Partygate started to appear, and it never restored itself. So I appreciate there's probably a slightly different prize here now, because I think we've probably you know, we've probably gone past a point where the Conservative Party can go, well, if we put the right person in, we'll, we'll get a historic fit term. Mm. I think we're in a world now where we're talking about, you know, cauterizing the damage now and mitigating the losses at the next election. Who is best placed to do that? Who is best placed to represent the values of people, try to restore uh, the belief that the Conservative Party best represent the values of the British public? Because right now, the British public, and if we've looked at all the polls over recent weeks, by a country mile, mm. think the Labour Party best represents the values. There is uh, a long way to go between now and the next general election. I, I'm sure that Labour will spend almost every single day of it demanding a general election and saying that whoever is the new Prime Minister has no mandate. I'm equally sure that the Conservatives will resist that at all costs to try and build back their reputation for economic credibility and to restore themselves as the party that best represents the values of the British public. Mm. But that is a very, very long road for them to have. There's a couple of considerations too in the process already being highlighted by political reporters and correspondents in terms of what we understand. So if only one candidate gets over the 100 Conservative MP threshold, they will be Prime Minister on Monday. Tory members will only get a say if two or three candidates get over the 100 MP threshold, and it'll be a maximum of three due to the number of Tory MPs that there are. That's the way it'll work. The last time uh, we did this, <laughs> all those many months ago, uh, it, three candidates got over 100 MPs on their side. They were Rishi Sunak with 137, Liz Truss with 113, and Penny Mordaunt with 105. So that's the context for all of this. But then I want to bring you this from Henry Zeffman at the Times. There will be an indicative vote of MPs once there are two candidates. Tory members will be given a very clear sense of which candidate stands the best chance of exerting their authority over the party. 
But, says Henry, here is a scenario. Imagine Sunak, or Mordaunt, gets 65% in the indicative vote, and Boris Johnson, for argument's sake, gets 35%. Then the members choose Johnson anyway. Would Boris Johnson then be able to govern effectively? In the indicative vote, he wouldn't have been selected by the MPs, but the members could still make him Prime Minister. Would that not put us right back to square one? This is exactly the point, isn't it? Yeah. You know, never underestimate the Conservative Party's ability to act as a circular firing squad. <laughs> if right now they have any preservation, self-preservation left in them, they will go away into a dark room, you know, put a damp cloth over their collective head <laughs> and determine what is the best way forward, which means that one candidate, one candidate emerges. However... You know, and I know, that this is an, you know, unutterably riven by factions party. And what you're like, more likely to get is the right going, this is our person, moderates going, this is our person, and maybe two other people for their own personal ambitions splitting the votes of those two in a number of different ways. So, frankly, between now and when we get there, any, anything could happen. Whether it looks like common sense at this at this particular juncture, we shall see. But if they have any any respect for the British public, any respect at all, they will put aside ambition right now. They will work together to come up with the best unity candidate who won't be perfect for all of them, but the best unity candidate. And they will all coalesce around them because... I have had an absolute gutful of this psychodrama. It's been going on for years and years and years. The public deserve a good, stable government that isn't just riven by personal ambition and, you know, factional infighting. This started years ago. It has to end this week. It absolutely has to. We cannot go on like this as a country anymore. It is a super frantic day. Your thoughts on what you're listening to? Email us, hello at whitehallsources.com. It's great to be able to catch up with Kirsty and with Oscar, who is a busy man. But here's his thoughts on what it's like to have that final day feeling in Downing Street. Well, just on a, a personal level, I know how difficult today is to be a special advisor at Hamilton. Um, you know, people often, I think, have this perception of special advisors, these Machiavellian kind of overlords, but often they are really hardworking, up against it, uh, you know, women and men in, you know, their 13, you know, late 20s, and, you know, at the drop of a hat, you then find out you're unemployed, and uh, that's what a lot of the staff at Number 10 will be going through now. It's very brutal in the sense that um, when the handover actually happens, when the new Prime Minister is announced in a week's time, uh, you know, you, you tend to hand in your laptops, your passes, and you know, just kind of form out the back, and, and, and that's that. Um, I think as well, the civil service, uh, who often take a bashing, which doesn't often sit well with me, you know, the, the amount of work that they are left to pick up and drop and pick up again, you know, when there's a, you know, inevitably, obviously, the new prime minister, but then what follows is that, you know, probably several new secretaries of state and all the work that that takes. Um, so it's a very difficult uh, and stressful and actually quite emotional time uh, when when a prime minister is, is forced to resign like this. 
Isn't it just so fascinating to hear from these two who have lived a day like today in their time, sure in different circumstances, although perhaps not too different in some situations, but to hear that insight and to understand what a day like today is like. A slightly different episode for you then today, given the frantic nature of it, given the fact you've actually already had your Thursday episode. This is a bonus one because of the ridiculous, I was about to say unprecedented, and I promised myself at the start of this recording I would not use that word, so I'm not going to. Uh, (laughs) Because of the nature of today, the historic nature of today, and all of us hopefully giving you a little bit of insight into how it worked and how it unfolded from our points of view. Your point of view, always welcome. The email address is hello at whitehallsources.com. There is more drama to come next week, of course, as the Conservative Party Leadership Contest gosh, we thought we'd left that behind in the summer. But as that starts all over again, albeit with a different process, we will be right here to guide you through it, to help you understand it, and to give you that insider insight from those who have lived it. Thanks for finding us. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you find us on social media as well. We'll keep in touch. We'll probably be with you before next Thursday. Let's be real about it. So subscribe and follow to make sure you never miss an episode. Hopefully, we'll leave you in peace over the weekend, and we will speak to you soon.